No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. simple road family welcome back for another episode it's me aaron and i'm hosting right now talking to you live from the porch here in portland and um, i just want to start today's episode with a great big thank you to all of you out there who have left us feedback sent in emails 
um, left some comments and on our Instagram. It's really cool to be doing this and hear back from you guys. You know, um, sitting out here on the porch, having these conversations, sometimes it can seem like you're doing it in a vacuum. And it's neat to know that the, the things that we're doing and we're putting out there are reaching you guys and touching you and and making you feel and laugh and cry and and that you feel like you're part of the crew because you really are. You know, the as we sat here coming up with the idea to do the podcast we were having these conversations and you know it was really Melanie's idea to uh for me to start doing this and you know she said at first just why don't you talk about the Grateful Dead and that's awesome and I love to talk about that and it's my favorite subject that and psychedelics and you know as we've gone through these first few episodes it it's apparent to me that I am not really in control of the ship uh, where it's going it's becoming its own thing it's branching out like I said before it's we're talking about different things and you know we are widening the scope not just about the Grateful Dead but about music in general and psychedelics and life and friendship and all that and it's cool to know that you guys out there are digging it and vibing on it and getting something out of it and if you know anybody reaches out to us it's a it's it's a huge honor and it's really cool um i wanted to start by mentioning a listener of ours that that wrote in her name is tiffany poucher and she connected with me i think through facebook i can't really remember um and she wrote in and she really wanted to tell her story and she sent me an email of her story and uh you know, I asked her, I was like, hey, you know, you you can send me an audio file. Are you reading it? And she was like, no, why don't you read it? So I'm going to go ahead and read this to you guys. It's really, really cool. And it's neat to see how these different stories in the community unfold and to see how music and the dead and psychedelics have bound us together and how they create family and connection and friendship. So I'm going to go ahead and read you guys Tiffany's letter here. It says, uh, Hello, Chapladay family. I'm loving the show. I was instantly inspired to tell you my story after hearing you tell yours. So here it goes. In 1989, when I was 17 years old, I worked at a summer camp up in the San Bernardino Mountains. It was a great summer job. We went on a two-week hiatus at the end of July and beginning of August. Most of us went home to our parents, but there was one girl who was from Indiana named Lori. She couldn't afford to fly home and back, so she planned on going to a Grateful Dead show in Sacramento and asked me if I'd like to go with her. I called my mom and asked if I could go. To my eternal gratitude, she said, sure, have fun. I still can't believe she let me go. So two other guys from camp, Lori and I rented a car and drove all the way to Sacramento. Once there, my eyes were opened to a whole new world of freedom, smells, and colors. I was amazed. I scored a ticket in the lot, not too hard for a cute granola girl of 17, and Lori and I left the boys, and I went to see my first Grateful Dead concert. I was blown away. I needed more of this in my life. That weekend, we went to the shows, drove up to San Francisco for the day, bathed in a McDonald's bathroom, and slept in Golden Gate Park. What a crazy trip. When I returned to my mom's house, I was dirty, exhausted, and exhilarated. I had to tell everyone I knew about this new subculture I'd discovered. Around this time, before I went back to work in the camp, 
my brother Sean, who was nine years older than me, came over to the house. Since I couldn't shut up about my experience, I asked him, in my very green way, Hey Sean, you ever heard of the Grateful Dead? He turned his head slowly and gave me a side-eyed glance and said, Yeah, why? Because, I said, I just saw them last week and I love them. To my complete shock, his response was, Tiffany, I've been going to dead shows for ten years. What? How did he keep that a secret? Thus began my adventure, not only with the dead, but also with my big brother, whom until that day I never really had anything in common with. He was so much older than me and was off living his life, but now, now he had a bond, a bond that had taken us all over the West Coast to Denver, D.C., Atlanta, and once through beautiful Zion National Park. He was always my protector, so I never feared a thing. We slept in the car or rented cheap rooms, whatever. We still go to shows together. We celebrated his 50th birthday together at a further show at Red Rocks with our mom and our sister. Not only did the Grateful Dead open my mind to music, art, and freedom, but they also gave me a relationship with my brother. I got the opportunity to get to know him as a person, which I don't think I would have otherwise. I'm so lucky to have been given this gift of friendship and love for music with my brother through the Grateful Dead. Without love in the dream, it'll never come true. Tiff. Tiffany, man, it's a fucking rad story. It's cool to see that when you least expect it, somebody you know is into the same shit. And it's also really beautiful to hear how simply being into a band drew your whole family closer together. It made you get to know your brother. It made you go to shows with your mom and your sister, travel all over the country, have all these fucking fantastic adventures. What a wonderful, fucking cool, amazing thing to have happen. And, you know, that's all we're trying to do here at No Simple Road, too. I mean, it's cool to hear that other people have had the same experiences. And when we get to compare them and hear what other people have been through, and compare notes it lets us all know that we're not all that different from each other we're all so divided today everybody is so you know every there's a fucking community for everything out there you got you know there's the float tank community the psychedelic community the burning man community the grateful dead community the fish community it's the fucking people community man all of us that have taken these medicines and done the psychedelics and love music and love nature and trying to make ourselves better people that's the community i don't even know what you call that the fucking us community how about that let's start that the us community i like that so tiff thank you for writing into the show and anybody else out there that's got stories fucking send them in man go to nosimpleroad.com hit us up on instagram go to the patreon page no simple road and Tell us your stories, you know, write them in. If you're embarrassed to to send in an audio clip, I'll read it just like I just did. Or send us, you know, a, a five to eight minute clip using the voice recorder on your phone. I mean, I've done that. I've sent that into other shows. So, you know, read your story and, and we'll play it here on the air and you can let people know what you've been into. And maybe somebody will hear it and they won't feel alone. And we'll keep building the Snow Simple Road community and be together and do cool shit. I mean, that's what it's all about is community and, you know, getting to know each other. So on that note, I'm going to get into the boring shit and you can fast forward past this if you want, or you can listen to me ramble, but we do need your help. You guys, um, 
you know, the whole thing isn't free and it takes time and it takes energy to do this. And we really want to feel that support from you guys and start to get some equipment for the show and, and do some of those things. And money's tight for all of us, you know, and that's the way it is. And I understand, but we do have the Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash no simple road. And on there, you have the ability to give as little as a dollar, you know, and there's different tiers. Um, you can give us up to as much as you want. I mean, it's up to you. But we need that support, you guys. Um, I'm asking, you know, I wouldn't be asking if it wasn't something that we didn't need. And we're not doing this for the money. We're doing it for the love of the community and each other. And we just want to keep it rolling. So with your help, we can do that. And that's by you going to the Patreon page and, and hooking us up. So, yeah, that's the simple part. And then also... You know, um, go by our Instagram, follow us on there, like us on Facebook. Those two things are super simple and don't cost anything. On our website at nosimpleroad.com, we have the Amazon link down there at the bottom of the page. And you can click through that Amazon link if you're going to buy something off of Amazon. And they'll send us a little piece of that pie of whatever you buy. That also doesn't cost you anything. So I'm reaching out to you guys, you know, um, if you're enjoying what we're doing, you're digging our vibe, you know, help us out and we'll keep this train rolling and see where it goes. It's just getting bigger and it's just getting better. And last but certainly not least is iTunes. If you guys are listening to us on Google Play, Stitcher or Apple Podcast, iTunes or whatever, please go over there, give us a like, leave us a review. Those likes on iTunes and Google Play and all that are huge, man. They move us up in the rankings and they let more people find out about the show. And that's what's really important is getting the word out there about the show, helping us build the community and making this thing happen. That's what it's all about. And together, we'll keep the train rolling on the tracks. So that's the boring business part of the podcast. And if you fast forward to it, this is the part where you keep listening. And so this week we have a really, really cool interview for you guys. Um, when I started listening to podcasts, you know, one of the first things that I searched was psychedelics in the Apple podcast app. And um, the first couple that came up were, of course, Duncan Trussell Family Hour um, and uh, Joe Rogan. And then there was this other podcast, Psychedelic Milk. It was a weird name. I was like, oh, psychedelic milk. I wonder what that is. And I started listening. And this guy, Ed Lou, this voice came through the podcast, man. Just this sweet voice of this dude and had a really cool vibe. And he was doing these amazing interviews with these people and like getting really deep and really personal with them. And it was really cool to listen to. And so when we started the show, I reached out to Ed and he got back to me and said he wanted to, he would do it and he'd be on the show with us. And I was fucking amazed, you know, being a, a small podcast like this, that's just starting out and you reach out into the community like that. It's fucking scary sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're going to get back. You know, people tell you, you know, wait, wait till you got more shows under your belt, kid, or whatever the deal is. And Ed, Ed wasn't like that. He was super genuine and, and heartfelt. And we talked on Skype for quite a while and it just turned into a really cool conversation and made me realize something too last night. You know, I've thought a lot about what this podcast is and what it's becoming. And, you know, this is something that I love doing. It's something that um, 
all of my creative energy can go into and you know sitting out here on the porch having these conversations with people that would come over to the house friends people that were visiting from out of town we would have these really cool conversations and it was always really special and we all left feeling great so you know as as we continue doing the podcast i'm seeing that that's what it's becoming is you know helping people feel good and talking about the things that we love like the dead and fish and psychedelics and music and life and having fun and i know for me like when i listen to other podcasters i listen to them do the interview and i want to know who they are and i think this will give you guys a really good insight into what kind of person ed is and what his show psychedelic milk is really about and you'll get a feeling for what it's like to hang out on the porch so without further ado guys i give you the host of psychedelic milk ed lu a chance to um to hear the show but the the premise is just psychedelic stories and um you know like as you could see we're sitting out on this porch at our house and we would have these conversations out here and it was actually melanie's idea it started she was like you should start a podcast talking about like the grateful dead or um you know psychedelic stories and i don't know i wasn't really into it but i started listening to you and that's nice yeah and uh i started listening to you and duncan and i was like well shit man i i can do that like i i have a lot of stories i've been at this for a long time you know and when whenever anybody comes over to the house we always sit out here and hang out and it's like these awesome transformative conversations that we have and so my thought was to like bring that to the podcast community you know Um, so there's really no structure to it other than us just getting to know each other and, and find out where you're coming from. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. I really really like that. that. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. I mean, I I don't know if, if I'm sure you don't feel like this, but I know a lot of people out there listen to your show and look up to you, man. Um, (laughs) that's weird. That's weird for me to hear, dude. I'll bet. I'll bet. And and that's super but weird. It's, tr- it, it's true though, and it, it takes a lot of courage to do what you did. Well, I mean, I'm just here talking about psychedelic stuff with really, really interesting people. You know, it's not really that special to me, to be honest. I'm just asking the questions 
we're doing the easy work. You know, the guests are doing the difficult stuff. Like they're dissecting the whole experience and talking about what it means to be human and what it means to take the DMT toad and things like that. And it's like, when I hear that, my mind gets blown and I learn new things every time I talk to these guests. And, uh, for me, it's pretty easy because I just ask one question and I sit back for 20 minutes. If it's an easy interview, sometimes you do get the hard ones, you know. Sometimes I'll have these guests on and they'll have like one word answers, like literally yes or no. I <laughs> know. It's an open-ended question too. So <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, okay, this is rough and I'm either going to end it early or ask better questions so i try to ask more better questions and invoke some kind of emotions out of them i ask them really deep questions like what does it mean to you internally to your psyche and things like that and they just say oh it feels good <laughs> and it's nothing i can do after come on that. man come on help me out here so yeah, it- you know those are rough but it's easy man it's easy during this podcast during the interview that's the easiest part the hardest part is like promoting a thing and making yeah. it the edits and the music and like finding the guests sometimes is hard. Um, those are the hard parts, but the actual interview itself, it's the best, man. Like these are the conversations that we live for. So totally, I think it's easy. totally. Yeah. I was super great, excited man. to talk to you and I, I thought it was really cool too, man, because I've reached out to three or four different people in the community and I've gotten responses from you and one other person and you're the only one that actually followed up and <laughs> I was like thinking at first like well wait okay I'm taking it personal like am I doing something wrong like are people yeah. not vibing on what I'm putting out there and it's just yeah. dumb or whatever and then you came along and you were like yeah let's do it I was like fuck right on so thanks man I appreciate you being with us it's really cool really really cool yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of people I think in this field that are not responsive, and I think it comes with a territory because we are dealing with uh, a lot of people that are super laid back and relaxed, and they don't really care. Yeah, about you anything. saw my emails. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I think it makes sense, or at least I, at least I try to tell myself that. But there are there are some people out there that yeah genuinely don't want to come on your show. In the beginning, I had this dude. I'm not going to name his name, but no. I think I was like five episodes in, and I invited him to come on the show. And he was like, hit me up when you're 20 episodes in. I'm not going to waste my time. And I'm like, wow. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that's that's rough. <laughs> that one I took personally. And uh, since then, you know, I didn't really have any of those. Just got ignored many times and kind of used to it now. And uh, it really doesn't matter anymore because – the people that don't want to come on a show are the people that doesn't resonate with our audience or with me anyways. Right. So right. I think it comes with the process, you know, like there's so much people that are think that they think they're on the high horse and because they have some kind of fame, I guess, not really fame, but just well-known status on the internet like they think they're hot shit but you know it's like we're just all in this together like just because you have more more guests or listens than i do doesn't mean that the psychedelic experience is what's making you famous you know you're just a portal to this thing and it, it, it 
it blows my mind sometimes when people act like dickheads on the internet, especially like in this community, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, just, yeah. we're doing this together, man. You know? So I couldn't agree more with what you said. And it's funny. We were listening to you on one of your shows. Um, and you were saying, you know, before I started getting into this, I always thought like the psychedelic community would be, wouldn't be a lot of politics. And I got in, I found out it was the exact opposite of that. And yeah, yeah, I'm starting to find that out for myself. Like, so my background, like I came from, you know, um, I started doing psychedelics really young, man. I'm 40, 45, going to be 46 years old. I've Mm. been doing psychedelics since I was 12. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's pretty young. And, and so, so trust me, a good portion of that was not for any spiritual growth. It was I was a dipshit when I was younger. Well, it doesn't matter. And, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there's no hierarchy when it comes to that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's when yeah, the yeah. politics come in. It's when you put a hierarchy on those things, you know? True, true, true. But yeah, so I came <laughs> I came from this crazy background and, and the Grateful Dead community and, and the, you know, the fish scene and all of that. And so it's really easy for me to understand other individuals that come from that mindset and that paradigm you know what i'm saying yeah but when i started listening to you to to me coming from my perspective you were an anomaly to me i really i i wanted to and i'm like this with everybody that i listen to and duncan and, and aubrey marcus and all those guys like okay great i hear i could hear you do an interview but i want to know who you are like how did you get to do what you're doing and what made you want to take psychedelics in the first place? Because for me, it was just part and parcel with the crazy life that I lived and it led into where I'm at now. But right. it seems like for you, it might have been different, no? Well, for the podcast, you mean? No, no. So like, yeah. So what led you, I guess the question, if there's a question in that, was what led you to psychedelics in the first place? Well, my friend always tripped before and he told me about mushrooms and LSD and things like that. And I was pretty heavy into MDMA and uh, under MDMA, you can really control your your set settings, I guess, internally. Uh, I really liked getting high on MDMA and going to raves and stuff like that and and just feeling good you know and then my friend was like hey take the mushrooms you can see auras you can see all these great things and i'm just like it sounds scary because there's an ego death involved didn't didn't really know what that meant and then they told me about their experience in waikiki beach in a hotel taking mushrooms and looking down the street and seeing auras colors everywhere and they became friends with the animals it sounds really stupid. And then no, I was doesn't. like, that sounds really, well, that was my reaction. I was like, that sounds really cool, but I don't want to lose control, man, because under MDMA, I can have full control. And uh, I'm kind of a control freak in many ways. And I like to do things exactly this way or that way and, and be in control. So that didn't really appeal to me at that time. And then uh, I tried a little bit of mushrooms one time, and it was kind of like a microdose. 
because the mushrooms were kind of old. We took the full dose, but only a little bit kicked in. And I felt really good. I felt like I was really connected with nature and things like that. And then I decided to take the full dose. And we went up to a forest one time and we took a full dose, had a really transformative experience. And then after that, I was like, wow, there's so many truths in this experience. And there is something intelligent behind the scenes going on. And then everything kind of escalated from there. But even now, like, I'm not a heavy psychedelic user. Like, I don't trip every single weekend or even every month. Like, when the time comes, when the opportunity arises, like, yeah, I'll take the mushrooms or DMT. But I don't really go out of my way looking for them because I feel like you need to take a break when it comes to these things. You need, need time to integrate these experiences. Just like before with MDMA, or with ecstasy, because, I mean, let's be honest, we weren't taking MDMA, you know. Uh, right, Those right. things were, were kind of dangerous, you know. I mean, if you take too much at, you know, a short duration, it could have permanent damage to our system. And I've seen a lot of those happen where people get depressed and they get really dragged down into this sadness hole that they're in. And I was definitely one of them. So I knew it oh, was wow. important to let my body kind of have that time to rest up and let my chemical balance become balanced again. So I think with mushrooms or DMT or things like that, it's a, it's about the same because your body needs the time to figure itself out and figure out what's going on. Because when you take mushrooms or a lot of them, crazy things happen in your psyche. You know what I mean? And you need some time to really digest what just happened instead of going back you know a lot a lot of people like to be in that state for long periods of time because they think reality sucks i definitely had those thoughts you know when i went to dmt land i was like wow this place is amazing <laughs> i kept going back and when i come back into this reality it's like this sucks it's so boring like where am i now like totally, i'm just back totally in my chair understand. dude what the fuck you know so <laughs> it, it's it's appealing, man, to go into the the land of the mystery and just live there. But at a certain time, you got to come back and you got to take care of your human body. You know, that's the most important thing is like your mind, your body. And that kind of enables us to have those experiences. And it's impossible to trip 24-7 because that's not reality. I mean, that's, right. that's a fantasy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean... Apple and I were having a conversation with someone here the other day and, you know, psychedelics do take a price. There's a price for what you get from psychedelics. They take something from you. Every time you, at least for me, anytime I've ever tripped or taken MDMA or done DMT or taken acid, whatever, there's always some price on the other end, whether it's me forgetting shit all the time or, <laughs> you know, not not being able to find words sometimes that are, you know, what? how do you say of again? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, some, some would say that's brain damage, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know. I, we were talking about it the other day and I, I said, you know, at this point in my life, I don't need psychedelics to trip anymore 
It's like yeah. a switch. It's like a switch inside myself now that I can control to a certain extent anyway, where if I'm around the environment or really good music or a group of people that are all vibing on the same thing, it's the exact same feeling and the exact same awareness level. There, It's just a little bit dulled. All psychedelics are doing at this point are stripping away that dullness and making it more visceral, a little more tangible. And like, you can't see it, but right across from me is this forest. And like, I can just sit on the porch and watch the Ivy across from me and it moves and I see faces in it. And I haven't done shit. I've been sitting out here drinking (laughs) coffee and having a cigarette. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a residual price and you got to learn how to live with that, you know? And also ask yourself too, is it worth it for me to lose something to gain something else? Right. So and the thing is, you don't even know what you're gaining because you don't even know what you're going to give up. So everything has a price. And I think a lot of yeah. people trying to push psychedelics now in the mainstream, which I applaud. And there's there's nothing that makes me more happy than seeing some psychedelic article in some mainstream magazine but it's preposterous to act like we're not giving up anything. We're taking these chemicals. People will say like, yeah, psychedelics, mushrooms, LSD, they don't harm our brains. They're perfectly safe and perfectly normal. I think somebody said mushrooms are the safest drug ever. I mean, technically they could be right, but goddamn, when you're under mushrooms and ego is dying, you don't feel safe at all, man. No, and there's no. a price to be paid for every single thing, man. I mean, Everything we gain in life, we have to give up something. It's the idea of sacrifice. And for people to completely push this narrative of we're giving up nothing because they want to destigmatize psychedelics, it's kind of childish to me. But also, I kind of get where they're coming from because there was so much propaganda on the other side demonizing psychedelics that they're trying to swing the pendulum back around and have that... um, image of this drug that is perfect but nothing is perfect and i feel like it might springboard back around because if you push these way too hard and people are trying these and having negative effects or having bad trips then they might call you a liar you know and they might be like hey ed you told me mushrooms has zero side effects but now i'm having bad trips and nightmares and things like that like what the hell (laughs) right so it's like you have to be completely honest and that's the thing i feel like we should all do it's like let's just be honest about these things you know like yeah they're fucking amazing mushrooms lsd dmt they're awesome i take them all the time and i cherish every single experience i have on them but let's let's be completely honest about that experience because i am giving up something in order to have that experience and I have no idea what I'm giving up and I have no idea what I'm getting back from it. And sometimes people don't bounce back from a heavy experience if they don't have a good integration trip. My first super, super heavy psychedelic trip, I had a really hard time bouncing back into my normal day-to-day life because I th- thought everything was a joke, everything isn't real, and our society is based on lies and money and greed and all these negative things right and i see this still sometimes with some of the people that listen to the show i mean i 
I interview some people and they talk to me sometimes about how our society is crumbling and it's really negative and the politics involved, the greed involved and everything that is wrong with it and how we're really stuck in the wrong era. But to me, that's the outcome of the unsuccessful psychedelic trip or unsuccessful integration. Because if the psychedelic is working and is successful, it's supposed to make your life better, not make it worse. Having those realizations, it's inevitable, right? I mean, the first time you take a psychedelic, you come back and you wonder why, why is why is this illegal, right? So you start looking into it and getting into conspiracy theories and all that great <laughs> stuff. And I don't know what you're talking you know, about, man. <laughs> and the earth is flat. You know what I mean? Like everything is crazy. <laughs> the whole world is upside down and you kind of get locked into this existential crisis and you realize you're on this hedonic treadmill and you're just working a dead-end job and nothing is happening. That is not the the... That is not how you find happiness in life and your standards kind of get rearranged and you start having a hard time because you don't know how to exist anymore in this new reality that you're you're operating under and your starting point is also different than before and uh, a lot of people especially younger ones have a hard time dealing with that stuff they don't know how to incorporate themselves back into this world and live amongst the capitalistic society that we're in and that's the reality of things you know we, we're not in a in an utopia i see a lot of people man on my instagram account i post a lot of memes and things like that i have a lot of fun on there and uh people are like man utopia is possible we just gotta do this and do that and i'm just like hey have you read any books at all like have you educated yourself in any sort of a way because that is what hitler thought that is what Marx, Karl Marx thought that is what Mao thought. Like they all thought that they could achieve this utopia. And what makes you think that you're different than them? Because you guys are all human, and we're all we are all limited to this condition that is the human condition. And if you think you can do better than Hitler or Mao or Karl Marx, <laughs> then you're delusional because you're going to do the same goddamn thing. So a lot of people get stuck into these pit holes in psychedelics and it's hard for them to bounce back. So yeah, there is a danger when it comes to psychedelics. It's not a physical danger, not a physical side effect. It's more of a mental one. And that one is a little bit harder to crack. You know, it's like, totally. how do you bounce back from that, man? So like, you I, ha hold on. Edda, Cause I'd love to hear if you have a, like a response to that. Like, how do you bounce back? From that how have you bounced back when you get in those periods of time where you feel like that angst of like oh my god this treadmill oh my gosh where do you go from there i think everybody's different for me i struggled for about six months i tripped with my friend he's like my best friend and on the trip itself we we were reading this book uh psychedelic experience by tim leary and yep. we had it with us during the trip and I took it back home with me that night and I didn't even want to face him after that. I mailed him back the book. I, I didn't want to oh, see him. The way everything was changing. And like for me, 
I just had to meditate a lot. And I didn't even know how to meditate at that time. Every time I meditated, like crazy things starts happening. Like I, I remember the bad times I had on mushrooms or the, the crazy monsters that I saw or how reality is not reality and things like that. And then slowly but surely, I started to talk to more people about the things that I were experiencing, which was this sense of like I was lied to by life. I was lied to by society. And I start to listen to more podcasts where people have those experiences and read more books about philosophy and how they dealt with life. Because it's not just in our era that people are having these existential crises. I think throughout history, people thought they were living in the, in the wrong era. And we're, this is not unique to our times. So no. when I read more books about these things and philosophy and ultimately letting go, I felt like that was a great help for me was that it helped me to let go of those negativity and thoughts and practice mindfulness and recognizing those things, those thoughts, those emotions, they don't actually resemble who I am as a person. They're just a mode that I'm in, but I can snap out of it and go into another mode instantly. And if you have a mindfulness practice, then you can do those things a little bit better than the other people. And I was practicing a lot of meditation, mindfulness meditation, and also a lot of guided meditations at that time. And I think that really helped me to snap out of the, that hole and make me see the bigger picture instead of I'm in a fucked up situation and things like that. So do you find that since then, with your when you do psychedelics since that time, you know, you went through this dark night of the soul is what they call it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you can't, you came through the other side and now you have this knowledge and the, and these tools that you use to stave off that malaise or whatever it is. So now do you find like when, when you trip that it's always something at the edge of your consciousness, like, like it's, it's a danger still, or do you feel like you've, you've got it handled? I don't think it's a danger anymore. Um, I feel like nowadays when I trip, wait, hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay. So somebody called me on. Oh, you're fine, man. Phone and then did it ring on the, the, the broadcast? No. And we're okay. just hanging out. So it's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm um, sorry. Anyways, I feel like with psychedelics, I don't really have those super, super heavy life-changing experiences anymore. And because I think that's because I work on myself a lot every day. I have a practice. I have a mindfulness practice. I do a, a shitload of yoga. And I try to tell myself that I'm on this journey and this journey is, isn't the ultimate reality. And when I can see that, when I go into the psychedelic trip, I also treat that trip with that same mindset. So right. when I see those entities or I see negative emotions coming out of my body and, and things like that, I don't really attach myself to that experience, but I just kind of watch it like a movie. 
you know, some people like to watch a movie and they get so sucked into that movie. They cry, they laugh, they they flinch when some bullets are flying. But you're not that main character at all. I mean, it's fun sometimes to be completely sucked in into that main role. And I feel like there is a time and place for that. And I definitely do that as well. But during psychedelic trips, I have the mindset of, hey, this is just a movie I'm watching. And let's have a good time. Let's learn something new. And of course, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the trip is so heavy that... I get sucked into that role of me having a bad trip or whatever. But if I come back from that, I can detach myself more and more from that experience and just kind of learn from it from an observer's perspective. And I feel like that's helped me like tremendously when it comes to mindfulness practice and having a, I, I don't want to say successful psychedelic journey, but a, you're breathing. A it's trip that's it's not, successful, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not like so heavy that I'm having existential crisis, you know? I mean, those are the ones that I worry about sometimes when people come back from a DMT trip and they tell me I don't want to have DMT ever again because of what it showed me. And at that point, I tell them those things could be real. It could be fake. Of course, it seems really real to you right now, but even this reality isn't ultimately real. And I think I've taken enough psychedelics to have that kind of psychedelic mindset. You know, I go into the bathroom today and I look in the mirror and I'm just like, oh, wow, wow, who is this person for a split second? You know, and sometimes I forget that I'm living in this human body, but a lot of people out there living their lives, they're so overly identified with their body, with their voice, with their thoughts, with their political view, with their gender identity and things like that. You know, it's so crazy. And people do that and they get lost in that maze of self-identification. But I try to zoom out from that and really look at the world as who I am. Whenever I'm looking out in the world or I'm going outside, I'm appreciating the beauty of nature or the horrors of the city. That's a part of who I am, man. You know, that's a part of me. And it's not limited to just my human body, my, my meat suit, I guess. But everything totally. else is yourself. You know, you're, you're looking out at the forest and that's who you are. And there are ancient tales of people going inside a forest and that's a metaphor of them finding themselves because the forest is your psyche and there are also ancient tales of people going to the ocean or the lake and that's a metaphor for people that are trying to give up something or let go of something they're there to do that and i feel like our human body and the exterior world is so connected that there's no getting away from it. And a lot of people lose sight of that. They lose track of that. And they overly identify their body as who they are in the outside world as something exterior. So they'll trash nature, they'll, you know, destroy the environment or whatever and think that it doesn't affect them, but it does, you know, because that is also who you are and the outside world is just a mirror. Just like Ramda said, you gotta polish the mirror. And once you polish the mirror, then everything works out. But it, always, it doesn't always work out that way because 
you know, we are living in this scientific time where it's very materialistic and we have to look at things and acknowledge things only if they exist in the material realm. If they don't exist in that realm, then it's not real, it's fake, it's pseudoscience. But I know for a fact that there are a lot of things that we see or we can't see that are part of this universe and also a part of ourselves, but science will acknowledge it. And that's where I think psychedelics has an edge because when we take psychedelics, we have access to those worlds and to those visions and to those senses as well. And it shows us those things are real and shows us there are so much more possibilities in this world than what academia or science has shown us. And um, I don't know why I went on this rant but no man I, question. It, no hey it's it it was beautiful that was a, really that was a beautiful rant. beautiful answer and you know <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about the polish the mirror thing and ramdas and and um these people and, and i'm guilty of it myself like i've been caught in the trap of you know the conspiracy theory thing and the fucking earth being flat it's and, fun well, it's fun well, yeah it's totally fun <laughs> but but there's there's the flip side of it is like so you don't, you're not identifying as, as this meat suit anymore. And, and it can make you feel free floating and it, you, you could tend to lose your ground. You have no anchor. Yeah. And, and what I've come to realize, at least for me is like, this is all me, like you said, and it's all a reflection. And if the, if the government is fucked up, if, you know, we're, we're stuck in the slave system or whatever the trip is now. And, you know, the, the environment's crumbling and all these, these are fucking hurricane and the mountains in Portland are on fire and I'm breathing smoke all day. All these yeah. crazy things are going on, man. <laughs> and you know what? I think it comes, I'm going to sound like super hippie right now, but I think it comes back to like <laughs> John Lennon's imagine, like it's all in your mind. You have to imagine the way you want the world to be. And then do the work to make it like that. And I think that's what some yeah. of the people out there miss is the doing the work part. It's easy to sit back and imagine how you want things to be. But then to become that thing that makes the world different is the challenge. That's the, it's the, yeah. like, like you said earlier, it's the integration piece that makes it, makes it difficult and, and that makes people get lost and have no anchor. And look, I think a lot of us get caught up in that where we feel hopeless or we feel, you know, there's nothing we could do. I'm stuck in this dead end job. I'm on this fucking treadmill. And, and it's, you have to lose control to be in control is, right. is the way I look at it. Like until you got to let go and then you figure out, oh, shit, it's all me. This is all me. And yeah. when I change, it changes with me. And right. that's the magic. That's, that's the root of any ritual practice, your Buddhism or um, ritual magic or whatever, is to find out that there is a macrocosm and a microcosm and that, you know, it's, it's all you're decoding the matrix in your head and, and also writing the code at the same time. Yeah. And you, you, you touched on something earlier. You were like, uh, you, you like to be in control all the time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm just curious, man. So psychedelics are the most chaotic, <laughs> insane, not controlled thing. So 
what was it for you that like brought you back after the first time? Cause I know for me, it was fucking terrifying the first couple times. Yeah. And I went back anyway and I know why I did, but I'm curious why you did. Well, there's so much knowledge within those journeys that it's impossible not to go back. And yeah, you lose control for about four or five hours, but you come back ultimately. And I think even within the psychedelic trip, you can learn how to control your mind with the breath, with mindfulness. And I think that's why I practice mindfulness meditation a lot is because it gives me that sense of control. Um, When you're stuck in a mushroom trip, for example, and there's nothing you can do about your ego dying, you're melting away, the room is spinning, the trees are alive. I think at that time, it's your choice also to choose to let go. You have the choice, ultimately. You have the choice of letting go and going with the process, or you have the choice of holding on and being rigid about life. And that's still a choice. And as long as I have that choice, I feel good about it because I'm choosing to let go. I'm choosing to go on this wild ride. And ultimately, I chose to take the mushrooms. So that is also my choice, right? So I don't feel like I'm completely losing control at that point. But there are times, yeah, of course, like I'm seeing a portal of light and I'm getting sucked into it and there's nothing I can do. I mean, yeah, I could hang on. I feel like I'm dying, but you can't escape that portal. And uh, at those times, yeah, I do freak out. And I, I do go back to my mindfulness meditation techniques. I try to zoom out. I try to return back to my breath and be as anchored as I can. But I feel like it's a good reality check for me because even in life, man, there's no control. I mean, you think you have control, but you have zero control. And it gives me this greater greater um, view on how life works is because I can walk down a street right now and be hit by a car or something bad happens to me. And when that happens, if you have those psychedelic experiences in the back of your head, you can realize, Hey, this is just life. This is just part of the plan. And really I don't have any control, but if I hang on to that control panel way too hard, then life doesn't seem to work out that well for me. And I feel like I've shifted my control freak tendencies onto other things (laughs) rather than the macro life that I'm living. And I don't know if that makes sense. I think what I'm trying to say is that life in general, the direction it goes, who I'm going to be with or where I'm going to live or the big things in life, I really kind of let those things go and just be one with the universe at this point. I do have a plan. Don't get me wrong. I have a really broad and vague plan. But if life takes me a certain way, then I would have to go there. But I would shift my control freak tendencies into the podcast, let's say, or my work or uh, my room. I want to make it tidy, tidy and I want to make little things as clean as possible so it's a so thing that i have to learn po- to let turn go it into a positive <laughs> yeah i try to do that you know because before i would get so upset because things don't go my way in life 
And I would think to myself, well, why is he getting all this attention and I'm not? Or why is he earning this much money that I'm not? And why am I here when I should be somewhere else by now because I have to take care of a certain person at this stage in life or whatever? And I, you know, I whine and bitch to the universe so much that we all the universe, <laughs> yeah, that universe doesn't like it, man. And I, I feel like it's time for me to mature and let those things go. And even letting go, it's a form of control. But sometimes these questions lead me to think, is there even free will? You know, because like, right. I feel like the more I think about those questions, the more I feel like there isn't any free will because we're so conditioned and programmed to do certain things. And I feel like sometimes everything happens for a reason and there are so much coincidences and synchronicities in the world that it, it, it makes me think that I'm in some kind of simulation. And sometimes, if I'm sometimes, in, so, sorry, sometimes I, I even, have you ever read any Robert Anton Wilson stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I even wonder, or I'll check myself, like, is what I'm thinking even my thought? Did I even mm -hmm. put that in there? Was that mine? Like, I, I don't remember the origin of that. Like, how much of it is is what we're programmed with? You know, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's it's yeah. a trip, man. It's it's a tough road. No simple. Because if you road. think about this year, right? I mean, it's already September now. So you think about 2017. For me, it's flown by. I feel like we're yeah. in February still. Have you thought about what you have done on all of those days of the year, like, can you remember what you have done? And was it yeah. all conscious, right? For me, like, I can't remember anything. And probably wasn't all conscious. It probably was automatic and instincts and programming. So the more I think about that and the more I get older, the more I think I don't have any free will, man. You know, everything and the older, is... And the older you get, the faster it goes, too. It's the, yeah. it's the simulation is speeding up. As you get older, like yeah. I, you just said that it's February still. Just today, I was <laughs> writing the date on something. I'm like, wait, it's September. Wait, oh shit, it's almost October. Like that's yeah, crazy. The exact same thing, yeah. And thinking back over the year, no man, like I, I can I can remember highlights, and most of those highlights are psychedelic journeys that I've had. Other than that, <laughs> fuck. I, yeah. I went to work and no clue. ate some stuff. I slept. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And so, you know what, man? Like, I think that the more you train, and this is just a theory of mine, and it's probably bullshit, but the more I practice mindfulness meditation or whatever meditation that you have, or just mindfulness, period, the more I think we can gain back some of those free will or conscious decisions so to speak because sometimes wow. i'll be walking down the street and i see people in the subway everybody's on their phones and i feel like that's a some kind of a rope bait a roach bait that totally that society or robots are giving us and we're constantly nibbing at it you know we're always eating that roach bait and it's taking our life one second at a time and those people that are on those phones on whatever app they're using, they don't really have any free will at that point. They're just being brought to this journey that the programmer wants you to be brought on. And when I'm looking at that, Fuck. I see 
this human race slowly but surely being sucked into these screens and monitors and we're kind of losing our free will i mean i saw this kid yesterday we're waiting for like the tram or something and he was like twitching on his phone and i just saw no life in his eyes man i'm just like dude this kid has zero life zero free will and he's just operating under this reactionary state of what the next instagram photo will be and when i saw that i'm like okay i gotta quit my phone for at least a weekend or something because I have to return back into my natural state into being a human being again because every one of us is being turned into these AI robots slowly but surely I mean yeah we don't have any machinery that's programming us from the inside out but definitely the exterior is all AI and it's all controlling us already I'm not talking shit about technology I think it's great but when we spend so much time on those iPhones or s smartphones or whatever, we start losing a little bit of our intelligence and a little bit of our minds because our most valuable asset on this planet is our attention, it's our focus. And majority of us are focusing our attention on those machines. And we're giving those machines so much power. If you, you want to talk about like this magical... Uh, language right like we're putting all of our intellectual and focus gold into those machines it's but sigil not magic ourselves. it's 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 pure yeah. and simple sigil magic taking over right exactly so i have to come back to who i am and get away from the machines for a little bit of course the machines they are you know essential to your work and our daily life nowadays but right we can't get too locked into it, right? I mean, I see people just completely twitching and losing their free will over these things. Right. And I don't want to be one of them, but I mean, I'm sure I have been one of them for for a long time. It's just I need to to have that mindfulness to snap out of it once in a while because it's overbearing sometimes, right? Yeah, and we I think what we're doing with podcasting is is using that technology for something good. You know what I mean? If somebody's yeah. going to be focused on technology in their phone, let them listen to a psychedelic story. Let them listen to a conversation like the one we're having right now. Let them let them learn something instead of pouring their attention down a drain and giving somebody else their their energy and their power. And it's a it's a necessary part of our world. I mean, it's it's part of the world that we live in and like you said i i have to use it in what i do every day and yeah it's just it's, it's the state of things it's nothing i can do about it but yeah I, you just you really just blew my mind with what you said for real like <laughs> these people are, we are they're turning us into ai robots i never thought about that before well the thing is i feel like i have to give credit where the good things are as well because I want to, I can talk shit all day long about iPhones and stuff like that. 
and how the marketing machines are trying to manipulate us into buying more things and getting us locked into this more materialistic mindset and paying our mortgage and bills and having to work our desk jobs in order to pay for those things and just being on this hedonic treadmill. But also technology has brought us a lot of good, you know, has brought us a lot of these podcasts and a lot of YouTube channels that are amazing and that opened my mind and introduced me into mindfulness meditation, introduced me into other forms of psychedelics and and enabled me to talk to people like you and people like the guests on our shows. And it's transformative in so many ways. And I feel like that's one of the, it's one of the things that people don't do enough these days is they don't give back into, uh, the things that make them, that enable them to be better people. And also people don't be grateful for the things that are good as well. Like they only want to, talk about the bad things that are going on in the world you want to talk about how bad society is or capitalism is or the government is but if you want to do that it's okay right you also have to talk about and recognize the good things that are happening within us because if we focus all of our attention our intellectual gold into all the bad things yeah that will become your reality but guess what man there's also a lot of great things happening within your life your family maybe your dogs your pets your girlfriend your wife a lot of relationships that you have you know the amazing weather like who who talks about amazing weather we only talk about hurricanes right nobody talks about wow look at this amazing weather it's blue skies and clouds and the sun is so warm and oh yeah man we were standing out that. here last night <laughs> i was standing out here with my shirt off in the rain <laughs> right yeah but nobody talks about that right everybody wants to focus on the negatives and that's because the media focuses on the negatives and we're so so we're so trustworthy of the media these days that we kind of worship them as god before i think 500 years ago in europe we have these religious figures coming out of the church talking to us about what's happening or what you should do, what you should do and, you know, the daily occurrences of the town or whatever. And that's kind of like the media of those days. And at those times, they would talk about Christianity or God. And it's not all bad it's because they talk about the values that you should have to become better people, become better neighbors or what, whatever the case might be. And Christianity right. isn't all bad. A lot of people like to shit on Christians these days. And I'm not a Christian. You know, I can easily shit on Christians, right? But I'm not going to do that because there are some great ones out there. And they have great values too, man. It's like you have to recognize the good stuff too along with it's, the bad. It's, it's throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Right. Completely. And now the media just talks about the negative stuff, right? They don't talk about how to become better human beings. Like you have to really look for those content to find it. You have to search hours on YouTube or on iTunes to search and to to know how to be good citizens and how to be good neighbors and how to be a better person, how to work harder at your job in life and get the things that you want. But the media just wants to broadcast how horrible the things are and how North Korea is about to bomb us any minute. Like we're about to be, you know, vaporized uh. into millions of pieces. So we're living in, the, in this time where whatever bleeds leads and totally i want to turn off the news man like i turned off the news i don't watch the news i did it a long time ago brother (laughs) yeah so you know i just like get into podcasts and youtube 
videos and stuff like that and try to enrich my life that way because uh, they are more no more moral leaders in the mainstream these days there's there's nobody out there that's going to teach you how to become better people so well, a lot of people that, turn anybody, to psychedelics has anybody ever told you this that that you're a teacher no man and I, i'm not a teacher like <laughs> you are too I'm, I'm you are I'm, I'm wait no 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 hang on you are <laughs> You you're teaching me right now, bro. Like, well, the thing, I've learned I just, a shitload from just talking I, to you tonight. But I, I just interview people, you know. Like that's my job on the podcast. Okay, I just if, talk. if that's how you want to. <laughs> I I, just I mean, I think that you're undermining what you're doing because really, you have um, just again t- listening to you talk tonight. It you've brought back and you've managed to bring back a lot of um, wisdom at. It seems I don't know how old you are, but you you look very young, and so in in a short time, it seems like you've gained a lot through these psychedelics and integrating the experiences, and you're wanting to uh, get back to yeah. Let's stop listening to the news and the BS and the you know constant fear. So I was wondering while you were talking, what good is in your life? Like, what's making you happy right now? Where's your creative energy? Um, taking you, you know, where, what, how, like, you know, what health kick are you on or what kind of good things are you want to put out there so that the people that are kind of doing the same thing as us, ignoring the news and listening to awesome people can kind of, you know, get inspired a little bit. Well, I mean, a lot of things make me happy. My friends and my family, my dog, like seeing him happy makes me smile and uh, I really like relationships and catching up with people. The more, the older and older I get, the more I appreciate other people around me that cares about me or I care about them. And I feel like it doesn't really have to be your friends. It could be your neighbors that you barely talk to. But when something comes up and you're able to help them, you know, I feel good about it, man. I feel like I have done a little bit better than yesterday and also making a podcast makes me feel amazing man because sometimes i'll interview authors and most of the time the authors are awesome and the books are awesome and i'm able to read those books and instantly talk to them about those books and have those questions and it's amazing because if it wasn't for the podcast i wouldn't have those opportunities to talk to the authors right away or if at all and right it's a it's a really interesting role and and a great opportunity for me to learn and grow because when you listen to a podcast, sometimes I'll be ironing my clothes or washing the dishes or running or whatever. I'm not 100% in the conversation, you know what I mean? But when yes. you're talking to that person, you're super sucked in and you're really just relaying that information directly from that person himself or herself. And that information is is processing in a way better way. And I can learn so much better just by talking to these interesting people. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I release a podcast and sometimes people will write me about like, oh, uh, it's because you – I got a message the other day, some some woman, I don't even know who she is, and she she messaged me on Instagram I was like, hey, I don't know. I know you don't know who I am, but 
because you, Duncan, and Corey Allen, like, are moving to some monastery and going to live a different life there. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. That's, that's, I don't, I don't even know. I don't what want to be responsible for that. Don't, don't, don't put me on that tab. You did that on your own, sister. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn, like, I don't even know what to write back. And that's the hardest part, man. It's like, what do I even say back to that person? But those things make me happy, man. When I see like the podcast actually making a difference, because for the most part, I'm just sitting here in this room, you know, crunching the podcast, recording these interviews and things like that. And I don't know what's happening out there. You know, like everything is happening in this room. And once I leave this room, I don't hear about the podcast from other people. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really get any feedback. I get feedback. People email me and things like that, but it's not as impactful as somebody that, yeah. <laughs> so the the podcast really makes me happy, you know, relationships, my dog. And, you know, I do a lot of yoga that makes me really happy. Um, and just being out in nature, man, you know, I recently picked up a new habit of photography about six to seven months ago and I would just go out in nature or in the streets and take photos and it really puts me into this mindset of slowing down and being in the moment because in order to take a right photo you can't just go there boom 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 and leave you have to kind of feel the environment and feel the essence of the place and talk to the people and you know take your time and create that form of art and when you come back home, you're, you're developing the photos in your computer and you're putting some artistic sense in it. And the outcome is awesome. I can put it on my Facebook or Instagram or whatever to share with other people. But it really puts me into this meditative mind state where I'm forced to slow down. And that's one of the biggest problems that I have is that I do a lot of things really quickly. I eat super fast. I Everything I do, I do it really quickly. Maybe because I live in a city or whatever. <laughs> and I'm never able to slow down, you know? Like, you're just on the go all the time, and you're being super impatient with other people, with yourself. And when you're meditating or taking photos or doing any kind of slow activity, it pushes your mind at a different rhythm. And you're kind of almost in that flow state as well. You know, before, when I was younger, I would ride motorcycles. And we would do crazy things. We would ride so fast along a cliff and risk a lot of <laughs> risk. I mean, put put myself in a lot of risk, you know. And uh, that also puts me into a flow state. But as I get older, I don't feel like doing that anymore because I cherish my life and my body a lot more than before. You know, before, it I didn't really care about losing a limb or whatever, you know. Now it's like everything to me. So... I like to do photography and, you know, just slowing down and putting my mind in that zone and that flow state. And it's great, man. And, uh, you know, I have a cup of coffee. I'll feel a little high sometimes and it really makes me happy, man. It's just the little simple things in life really makes me happy these days. And, and I also learn so much from those experiences as well. You know, it seems like nothing is going on there, but there's so much going on behind the scenes like when you're able to slow down, you can appreciate things more. You can really look at what everybody is doing and what their thought process is, or at least guess what it is. And when you're able to see that in other people, you can also be more introspective about yourself. Just like I was 
looking at that kid twitching on a phone, having no free will, oh. I'm able to put myself in his shoes and ask myself the same question. Are you doing those things? Like, am I being that person? And if I'm able to slow down, I can learn so much from the outside world. Um, it's not just about reading books or listening to podcasts and things like that. Of course, those are great. And when I'm doing those photography or meditation, sometimes I'll be listening to those things, you know, not meditation, but when I do photography or motorcycle riding or sometimes just driving at night or whatever, putting myself in that meditative state, I listen to music and sometimes I listen to those podcasts, you know, I like listening to Jordan Peterson. He's great. You know, of course, the usual suspects like Joe Rogan and, um, you know, Duncan and those guys. And those are great, man. They're, they're, they're really teachers that are not, not the traditional kind, you know, like they're not the ones that are <laughs> like the classrooms, but, um, they're, they're amazing. And I feel like they have way more, way more to offer than I do though. You know what I mean? Because you know what, I, though, I, 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 like I new to the, to the podcasting world. So I'm, I've been only doing this for like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Okay, I don't think it has to do with boot like time you've been on the ground doing it. It's it's your personal experience, and it's it's what comes through um, through your creativity and through your work. And Ed, man, I'll tell you seriously. Like <clears throat> listening to you for me. So I work in a cubicle. You know, I, I'm in there eight hours a day and I'm by myself, basically. And a lot of days it was you and me in there. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And I learned I learned a lot from you, man. And you and a couple other guys are the ones that gave me the courage to come out of the closet with my psychedelic story, basically. Right. And so please don't ever discount your experience because it's only been a year or six months or two years or whatever, because whatever you've brought back and whatever you're doing right now is fucking beautiful. And this, what's happening right now with us is a manifestation of that. Right. Right. I I'm a manifestation of your podcast through your reality through, you know, like you created me basically <laughs> in, listener. In, yeah. Listener <laughs> in, in some respect. And, and, I'm not saying that to, to lay any responsibility on you. I just, I think that we need to be as people that are creating content for other people to listen to, we need to be aware that, that that's what we're doing. And, and um, yeah, it's, it is just asking questions. I, I agree. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not really hard, man, but it's knowing what questions to ask. And also, it's knowing how to tell the story. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, you got a beautiful, really sweet vibe. And just seeing each other face to face like this, like <laughs> I can feel it, man. Like just here between us, all of us, like it, you can feel it. Just like I said in the beginning when when we were talking about, you know, not having to take psychedelics all the time. I'm high as shit sitting here talking to you. <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. It's really, really cool, man. And that's, that's, really that's what this you, whole, oh, thanks bro. And that's, I mean, that's what this whole thing was about is I think, you know, when we take psychedelics, it's such a personal and solitary experience. And there's, there's no way to like get into a laboratory and measure what happened or to even quantify it 
other than the way you integrate it into your life. And the experience comes out in the way that you live. And in the end, it's all about you and how you live your life afterwards, speaking for whatever the psychedelics did for you. You know what I mean? And so you doing what you're doing and, and us doing this is showing people out there that it is possible to live different and that these substances and these chemicals and medicines or drugs or whatever the hell they're calling it now, (laughs) you know, that, that it can be used in a, in a positive and, and responsible, responsible and life affirming way. You don't, like I said in the, in, in the beginning, I've been doing this shit for a long time and keeping it together hasn't always been easy, but meeting people like you, and having conversations like this are the thing that bring me back to my reality that show me who I am in the reflection of you. Does that, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think McKenna always talked about bringing something back from that experience. And this is part of it, man. And also what's part of it is your life and your actions and what you're doing to other people and your relationships with the exterior world and also with yourself. And those are the things that you bring back from that psychedelic experience. It's not those entities or those spiral geometric shapes like fuck all that. It's what you're doing with your life and your actions, man. And that's what you're bringing back. And a lot of people don't realize that because they have a materialistic mindset. Oh, I want to bring those aliens back, man. I want to interview the aliens. No, man. It's what you've learned and what you've gathered and the XP that you've gained from that trip. And you come back and you gain that XP back into your normal life. And whatever manifests from that point on, it's a win. It's a bonus from that psychedelic trip. You start this podcast, you know, you having those awesome relationships and you forming other great relationships with other podcasters and having this amazing, great feedback loop and influencing other people with your podcast and with your words and experiences. It creates a ripple effect throughout the universe, right. man. And that's what you're going to bring back from psychedelic trips and those experiences. Sometimes you'll have a psychedelic trip that means nothing to you and you wonder why did this even happen? But it means something, you know, it means something to the subconscious and you're expressing it in your everyday day-to-day life. And that's what it's all about, man. Like that's what the psychedelic journey is all about to me. Uh, There's a lot of other podcasts out there that talks about the scientific benefits and the medical benefits of psychedelics i think that's great that's awesome but you're missing the point the point is this transformative experience that you're able to bring back and relay to other people and impact them in ways that nothing has impacted them before you know that's what it's all about so it's it's awesome man that's what psychedelics is all about to me and i feel like it's it's like that for you as well you know and you guys are doing this podcast and you guys are affecting other people around the world and the grateful dead community, the fish community or what, you know, whatever community that you guys speak to, it's, it's awesome, man. And, you know, I really appreciate that you guys are able to see that, you know, because there's a lot of people that treat this experience like a really tangible thing and materialistic thing where 
oh yeah, like you know, if you microdose this much, you're able to gain this much creativity. <laughs> it's like no, man. It's like it's not that transactional. You know what I mean? Like no, no, man. Like, this is this we, is we, experiential <laughs> and it and it's personal yeah. and it's sacred and and it's secret too. And that that's you know, I I feel bad for for those people out there that are trying to to pay into some budget to get back out of psychedelics. You know what I mean? Like, well, if I trip six times, I'll get this much (laughs) knowledge. And if I, come on, man, it ain't like that. And I I just want, what I want is for people like you and us and to, to build this community and not so much to have a feedback loop, but I know me coming up, if I would have had this, it would have made things a whole lot sweeter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't, yeah, okay. Easier. Yeah. But just fuck man. That's why the grateful dead was such a big deal to me. Cause I always felt like I was an alien. Like I did this thing on psychedelics. Nobody else did it. And then I went to a grateful dead show and it was like, Holy shit. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of people that know what's up. And I'm sure you had that experience going to raves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there, there was never outside of that scene, it was default reality. And with podcasting and, and doing this, I just, this community is important, man. And, and it's, it's what we make it. And I just, I want to see it be there for, for people coming up and be able to, to be some kind of roadmap or not even a roadmap, just a signpost even, you know, Hey, this way <laughs> over yeah. here. I mean, I feel like if we're able to help out one person along their journey, then yeah, I've done my job because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to guide them into a better direction to find themselves. And I'm not even trying to guide them into a certain ideology that I have, you know, I don't really believe in that, but my whole thing is for them to find their own truth and find themselves for who they are because everybody's different and my idea of happiness is going to be different than yours so i don't want to point them into any direction that might be my definition of happiness but it could be it doesn't have to i mean it's not going to be theirs so it, the, the, the most important thing is for them to really understand who they are and what makes them happy and how to go there. And I feel like that's what I try to do for my podcast, at least, is try to highlight the information that's out there and let them determine, hey, is this good for me? Is this what makes me happy? Is this what my version of the truth is? And if it is, then great. You know, you can follow those protocols that people have done in the past but if not, you can keep finding, you know, it's a never ending process. And I feel like everybody changes all the time. What I like last year doesn't necessarily mean that I'll like it this year. So I'm always changing, you know, I'm always being influenced by other people and being swayed a certain way and redefining myself as a human being. And I think everybody along this journey is continuing to do that. What makes people stuck is having those rigid thoughts and sticking the flagpole on the ground be like this is where i am i'm not going to move i feel like as human beings we got to be more flexible in terms of our thoughts and our ideas and ideologies and our heart as well you know like we we gotta be more accepting to other people and be 
more empathetic. And I think with talking to the guests and through the psychedelic experience and that whole process, like I'm able to feel that for myself. And if I can transport, transform or transfer some of that to the audience, then that's even better, you know, but sometimes like, I don't even know if I'm doing that because I get so locked in with talking to the guests that I, I kind of forget the original questions or the original intention that I have for the guests. But, you know, I try my best to do, to do that during the podcast, you know? So I, I hope I'm doing that. You, you are, you are. And dude, just keep doing what you've been doing. It, it it's, it's really cool. And, I know that all of us here are like really grateful for for your time, dude. And I'm going to throw this out there. I know everybody else feels the same, man. If you ever come to Portland and you need a place <laughs> to stay, we got a big ass house with extra rooms and super comfortable and you got a home here, man, and you got family down here now. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so to wrap up, like obviously everybody that's listening knows your podcast, but go ahead and plug it anyway and, and your Patreon and all that <laughs> no, I don't stuff. think they do, man. Uh, psychedelic on, Milk. Psychedelicmilk.com is where you'll find everything. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Psychedelic Milk if you want to support it. And basically, yeah, it's a podcast about psychedelics, about the mystical journeys and uh, magic, manifestation, all that great stuff. And we talk about spirituality up to uh, Eastern, Western religion, uh, basically get into all the weird stuff. And we have a lot of fun on there. So uh, thanks for having me on the show. And I really appreciate this conversation. And you're a great host. And uh, you guys have a really cool setup there. And I can't wait for your show to uh, to kind of grow with the whole psychedelic podcast community or just community in general you know and uh yeah just keep on keeping on man i think you're doing a great job and you got a lot of a lot of um ammo in the back to talk about because you have so much psychedelic experience i think you really know how to connect with the guests that uh, are into these things man and uh thanks a lot you've been really a warm host and you know sometimes i'll go on these interviews and uh, it's it's so clear that the, the the host has never heard an episode of my podcast in their life, and they just kind of want to want me to to be on, and you know what I mean, like to get some promotion and things like that. But it's a, like it's awesome because like you're so warm and and um, just a really kind person. I can really feel that even on Skype, man. So thanks a lot for having me on, and I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, it was quite an honor. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. And have an awesome, awesome day. I think it's day where you're at, right? Yeah, it's day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so confusing to me the whole time thing. Anyway, yeah, I appreciate you being here, brother. You have a great one. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. 
Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs> 